0: The Spin Off Podcast Network. Tired of diesel buses? Want more cycle lanes? Or bus lanes? Which projects do you want Auckland Transport to work on first? They need your opinion. So head to haveyoursay.at.govt.nz forward slash RLTP to do just that. Consultation closes on 17 June. Get in quick.
1: Hello, for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz donate.
2: Were there any more Tim Dams?
1: No, he only got yeah. himself it was a, a just, there, just,
2: you know, Tim Tam. Yeah. literally just your Tim It's like there aren't Tim Tams, there's just Toby's the
1: tec- Tim Tam. I'm actually on a diet. I can't even have a it, <laughs> I I know. I'm crash I dieting it. for the awards. <laughs> Which awards? Media TV ones?
2: Oh, yeah, that's, yeah, fancy.
0: Thank you very much to Flick for making this and all of our politics podcasts possible, as well as the entire empire of politics content on the spin-off. Kia ora tato, this is Gone by Lunchtime. My name is Toby Manhire. To my left is Annabelle Lee, executive producer of the Hui final show this week. Is that
1: right? No. Oh. Final show on the 2nd of December, so ignore Toby and continue to tune in every Sunday at 9.30 I thought I saw
0: you tweet something about final show.
1: No, we fil- we've filmed our finale, but it doesn't go to air until this 2nd oh, okay. of well, December. okay. Well, you've thrown New
0: Zealand. I'm really glad. That's why I, that's why I brought it up, to just clarify anyone who follows Twitter.com and um, uh, Annabelle Lee, who's misled the public, and it's an <laughs> opportunity to make a personal statement.
1: Kia <laughs> Toby. Thank
0: you. Multinational television mogul, Annabelle oh, Lee. yeah. Yeah, congrats. Like, and the, the, the nominations came out for the television awards the other day. And it was basically all of them had something to do with the empire of Annabelle Lee.
1: No, it's just the incredible people that I work with and I was lucky enough to um, work on that.
0: You should hear again. what she says when the mics aren't have And you've, you've
2: sold – It's my You've, my. <laughs> you've sold the Casketeers to Netflix to yes. film in Australia. Yeah. You're an exporter. Yeah. You're the new Peter Jackson. I know. Gonna like I'm going to buy up all of Onehunga. I'm going
1: like to make like Auckland <laughs> Airport the most revolting place to land in the country. That's my goal.
0: And what have you done, Ben Thomas? I I, I've done nothing. You, um, I uh, you're you the acting chief executive officer of Exceltium Productions, selling yeah, things it's... to not to Netflix but to unsuspecting members of the public. That's like... They're just telling the truth well, as always. Mm.
1: Yes, and despite how busy he is, of all my media friends, including Toby Manhire, my beautiful wow. friend Ben was the only one to come along and support the Bruce Jesson Memorial Lecture. Thank you, Ben. Extra. T- you can have my Tim Tam for that.
0: Thanks, thanks, Ben. You can have the, what's left of this Tim Tam, which I was. Uh, which Toby's already <laughs> looked. <Sorry. laughs> I've just nibbled off the <laughs> corner. There. What? Anyway, um, today is a very special podcast. We're going to have um, 150 minutes of discussing the intricacies (laughs) of the midterm elections. (laughs) As all New Zealanders, we um, are, for a very fleeting moment, we're all experts in American politics.
2: Typical of the California (laughs) 8th.
0: All I
1: want to know is did Taylor Swift's candidate.
0: No. Wow. No. Didn't work. Tay Tay d- did not did not come through. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot.
1: Taylor. Shake it off. Shake
0: it off. Hate is gonna hate.
1: Hate is gonna hate.
0: Ben, I, I I don't have a pop culture reference.
2: We I don't know
0: what like. Ted Cruz is like, thank you, next. I don't know. We're not going to talk about the midterm elections. Um, um, if anyone hasn't already pressed stop thinking that we're <laughs> fine. Um, we are going to talk about the, uh, the, the, the what I call the landscape of New Zealand politics, um, specifically the scorched earth of left by Jamie Lee Ross we'll start with that and we'll talk about a bunch of other things we'll come to but um, last time we spoke um, Annabelle Lee was not able to be here We, we had an emergency podcast and we I can't remember what day it was It was quite early yeah. on I think it was it was it was before it all turned sour it was was it was a it? Tuesday it was it, was, begin it was, sour
2: I mean it begun insanely. I think, but I think everyone was everyone who was an observer of politics, apart from those in the National Party, were probably having a pretty good time um, when you know the the, the cross country right. midnight dash from Auckland right. happened, yeah. the nineteen the hour stand up inside parliament oh my god was that not
1: the best presser ever though (laughs) i feel like i can never watch another live press conference again because that because you've run out of time you will you'll
2: die before the end like if they're all that long it's like Like, you know
1: how with game of thrones it's like the 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 penultimate episode is always better than the finale that's what it was like and forevermore that's how it will be nothing will ever measure up to that press conference Mm -hmm. was so good
2: but, but then it then it turned out that it wasn't just a political kind of car crash, you know, multi-vehicle pile-up, and that actually there were real people involved and that the reason that uh, Jamie Lee Ross had fallen out with the National Party, despite front-footing this in his first presser and saying, you know, they, they accused me of sexually harassing women, and then it turned out that actually there were no allegations of sexual harassment or criminal harassment, but what there were... Um, were various allegations that he had either treated poorly or bullied or in some way sort of abused um, <coughs> various women. Isn't that harassment? So, you know, it, I think part of the problem in the sort of wash up of all of this and in the way that the threads have been pursued is that there isn't good language around talking about the numerous ways that dudes can be shitty to women um, without it reaching a kind of criminal threshold or an employment law threshold, you know, something that's in legislation or case law. You know, there's all kinds of ways that a relationship can turn bad and there can be a power imbalance and there can be manipulative behaviour that we don't have easy ways of talking about on Morning Report or News Talk ZB or something. Um, And I think that's kind of bedeviled this because, you know, we – and, and soon after the newsroom or the newsroom article came out alleging a lot of bad behavior uh bullying sort of people who felt that they had been poorly used by Jamie Lee Ross um i think four women in that story and 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 i i think that kind of that should have put it all a bit more into perspective and maybe there should have been less focus on you know was Jamie Lee Ross treated well you know, where it was, everyone you know kind of careful enough about Jamie Lee Ross's feelings. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: I, I don't think the National Party helped much by saying things like "behavior unbecoming for a for a, for a married um, a married member of Parliament." Actually, that's just shit behavior for anyone, regardless of whether they're married or not.
2: Yeah, and I think that's and I think that has been an issue, especially in the media discussion of it, where Simon Bridges has been pressed on, well, was there harassment and Bridges says, well, the allegations that we had didn't reach the threshold of harassment. And then, you know, Paula Paula Bennett rightly sort of lampooned for saying conduct un- inappropriate for a married man because it sounds sort of antiquated and sort of a bit moralistic. But then, you oh, know... It was got-
1: just straight up dirty that, you know, she went really low. And if we are to believe that he um, was, you know, suffering a mental health crisis um, to... To put that out there and isolate him further from his from his family, I think was pretty about as low as it gets, isn't it?
2: Well, I, I mean, there's a couple of things because that was the, the you know this idea of inappropriate conduct for a married man came out publicly when Jamie Lee Ross himself had front footed in his first stand up that he had been accused of harassment by the National Party, which he said he was.
1: He said harassment, not sexual harassment, though.
0: Uh,
2: did, no, I think he said...
0: No, he didn't. Oh, okay. He said harassment. Right. Willing to accept that. Um, but he did say that he's, he, he. what he said was that he had been, in effect, threatened with revelations around which he... Was which he said were defend. untrue. Yeah.
2: Yeah, which he, he said there was nothing to defend. So Paula Bennett introduced this idea using language that probably wasn't right, um, but, but sort of saying... wasn't right. But saying there was well, it something it seemed like there. a threat in itself, didn't it? Yeah, Absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, look, I think there's been way too much focus on Jamie Lee Ross and his well-being. So there's this bit idea that he was suffering a mental health crisis, but no one, including Jamie Lee Ross and his supporters, has suggested that his mental health issues came he about sectioned. as the result of anything except being confronted with his own actions and then the he consequences was, of his of of his own subsequent actions and decisions.
0: He was, however, sectioned. You know, so at the time when all this was going on, clearly his. Mental health was very fragile, and that had been acknowledged even when he was.
1: Because it seems like they they um, the National Party references mental health when asked why they didn't take, you know, um, action and stuff, but then when it comes to um, attacking him, the mental health stuff sort of gets ignored. I feel like both sides. Not just the National Party, but Jamie Lee, it appears that the mental health thing becomes an issue um, when it's advantageous and then it's ignored when it's not. So, you know, they'll say, look, we're dealing with a complex situation. He was clearly mentally unwell. We were having conversations with his doctors, but then, you know, equally they'll behave in a way that seems to be not very helpful for someone who is suffering a mental health crisis? I mean, on
0: all sides there is a deeply uncomfortable sense that um, both in terms of the mental health issues and in terms of the harassment or Me Too-related allegations that the, the fear or the, that they are being used as sort of kind of political tools on yeah. all sides. and And, and I think... It's really hard to un- unpickle that because no, I, I think it's a pr- like I, I think there's a lot of
2: false equivalents being thrown around, particularly by Ross and his supporters here. the 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 latest secret recording which was dumped on Monday, hmm. which doesn't seem to disclose anything except the fact that Simon Bridges and Paula Bennett were keen to get Jamie Lee Ross out of Parliament uh, as a result of the allegations of f- I think they said four women um and and people have been sort of seizing on kind of stray elements of that saying well why was this a cover up because they said we won't make a big deal of it we won't mention any of this publicly if you just go and, and and be quiet well that's perfectly reasonable because as we've seen since this has become public it's usually a lot tougher on the women involved here than it is on you know on on the person that the allegations are being made about um we've had you know t- utterly contextless Texts from a finished relationship leaked to Radio New Zealand, and suddenly you know the woman who sent that is on trial, rather than anyone asking about Jamie Lee Ross's behaviour that led up to that text. Um, You know Jamie Lee Ross has tried to name these women in numerous interviews that have been either bleeped or edited out. Mm. So I think it's perfectly reasonable that the National Party would have tried to get him out of Parliament, solve that problem and not want this to blow up into something that, you know, adversely affects the women. The second thing is that, you know, there was this idea that maybe the National Party lied to him, that Simon Bridges said, well, you know, we'll demote you, you leave Parliament, but if you act well, you know, we can bring you back, you might get a promotion. I mean, that seems clearly just like a bit of a white lie, that you tell somebody when their career is over to ease them out the door before you slam it behind them. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean... You know, when you have a troublesome MP backbencher who is, you know, you're worried that they might go feral like Chris Carter did under Labour, you know, if you could, you'd probably remove them in 15 body bags like the Saudi embassy. But, you know, I don't think it's a problem to, you know, in these sorts of negotiations, you know, you do hold up the hope that there's a path back and there should be a pathway back for people if they clean up their act, if they change their behaviour, if they apologise to their victims and if they act well.
1: Um, one of the other things that sh- that sh- um, is spoken about in that leaked tape is the disloyalty, and I uh, uh, I just thought it was interesting because um, because in s- when Simon when Bridges announced that Jamie Lee Ross was going on medical leave. Mm. Um, he denied that he was the leaker, that there was any knowledge of him being the leaker and said that it was a completely separate issue. But in that phone call, they talk about disloyalty to the party, which you, which Ross doesn't seem to appear to I deny think, uh, their being. So Bridges- is, that, is that disloyalty in reference to leaking the information or is that some other sort of act of disloyalty to the party that we don't know about yet?
2: Well,
0: yeah, it's not clear from the context. Bridges claims it's Bridges claims it's separate. That's what he said in in interviews on Monday when the tape came out. When he was sort of he was almost when he was kind of blindsided, I think, with the tape deliberately delivered on a Monday morning. But overall, those there have been there have now been four. There've been two two tapes that came out early on that he posted on social media. There was the text that was leaked by Jamie Lee supporters to RNZ checkpoint. And then there was the tape that came out on Monday morning. None of them have quite lived up to the claims that they were that that were made by Jamie Ross in the first instance, have they? Do no,
1: but think? the funny thing about like none of them are the smoking gun that he promised they would be. Mm. But some of the side issues that came out I thought were actually just as interesting. And one of them of course Mm. was the, you know, two Chinese are, Mm. you know, worth more than one Indian. And I think it's really insincere the way the national party have tried to spin that as being about um, it's about being multicultural and having you know, part of our Diversity strategy, and that's actually just crap. It's about money, and I think um, to try and spin it as anything else is, is, um, you know,
2: yeah, uh,
1: insulting people's intelligence.
2: Discussions about party lists happen all the time down in Wellington and they happen all the time in the media out in the open. You know, there are always columns saying, you know, will National be able to match Labour's diversity in its party list for this election? Will Labour be able to match National's diversity in its party list? If you start from first principles, it would be unthinkable in the modern New Zealand if either political party produced a candidate list um, for an election that did not have a Chinese New Zealander in it. It would be unthinkable for them to produce a list that didn't... this are the major parties, National and Labour. It would be unthinkable for them to produce a list that didn't have an Indian New Zealander. Uh, and and there are all sorts of reasons for that, and diversity and, and the inherent good of diversity is one of them. But you just don't have that kind of preamble in every discussion where somebody raises the list, you know, that's kind of taken as read. You don't have disclaimers in normal what you think of as private conversations where you sort of set out the principled reasons why you think that diversity is something to aim for on the list or, you know. Um, But
1: this was a conversation that was raised specifically around donations and what what the expectations were of of someone who just made a big donation to the National Party. It wasn't like yeah. Jamie and Simon riffing about how to better reflect, um, um, you know, the, the no, makeup of yeah, New Zealand. I, I
2: think that's absolutely right. But when you actually go back and look at the exchange, the incriminating words were all spoken by. Jamie Lee Ross, who at the time was trying to sort of undertake the most botched sting operation since Steve oh gosh, Irwin, so you know? Bad. And like, <laughs> so yeah, bad, eh? um, and, and, and so all of the, th- all of the things that are, you know, were quite offensive, you know, saying, oh, two Chinese better than two Indians. And then Simon Bridges responded, well, that's what we've got right now, right? So what he, what I understood him to be saying was, we currently have two, you know, you've brought up, Two Chinese is better than two Indians. Well, we currently have two Indian MPs. So, and then he said we would need to make more space because we already have, you know, we're like we've, you know, we already have these MPs. If you if you can't get, you know, you need to make space for any new MPs. And, and Bridges doesn't mention ethnicity, and. In order to do that, you've got to find people who are going to retire, like Finlayson or and presumably Carter, um, and people who are effing useless. (laughs) Like I get all that, Ben, but it's more
1: like the uh, what what appears to be a glimpse inside the culture of the National Party, whereby um, candidates of a certain cultural background hold a certain monetary value. Um, in terms of uh, list placings and that sort of thing, can I say just going back to the press conference, like when I, wa- me and he watched it together, and we were literally jaw, <laughs> jaw on the floor, shocked with all these revelations that keep coming out. And I have to say, I thought he was absolutely compelling and convincing particularly in comparison to Simon Bridges who came out afterwards. And to be able to stand in front of the press gallery and tell that many porkies and be that, <laughs> like, <laughs> manipulative with the truth and to answer every se- single question that came his way non-defensively and, um, and openly and articulately, it, it, it's... I I've never seen anything like it in the history of New Zealand politics. It was the most compelling piece of political theatre I've ever seen. And but it its just theatre, like, isn't what it? was going on? In, like, is, has he convinced himself of yes. that? Or is he just it's, such yes, a brilliant a bullshit artist? It was, it, it was very it's 2018. Amazing. It was like where the preview
2: it. was
0: a lot better than the movie itself. <laughs> But it's been what it is. But it but it has been said a lot of times already. And the, you know, uh, Jamie Lee Ross wrote a piece for us for the spin-off spinoff um, a couple of years ago when he was in the states, and he talked about uh, the West Wing and Game of Thrones, not Game of Thrones, what's the other one, House of Cards. Yeah. Um, and and the whole the whole kind of deja vu or redux of the dirty politics stuff. There is a sense. I mean, it's possible to overstate this. That all of that that all of that squad. Feel like they're in a political drama, and that that yeah. that I mean, I, I mean, I mean, this is not necessarily the thing about Jamie Lee Ross not having had much experience outside being an MP, but he doesn't. You know, mm. he's still he's like thirty-two, incredibly. Mm. I it's, interviewed it's, him it's, when it's,
1: he became a, a council when he was um, oh, voted on the council in right. Monaco. I think he was. He was
0: like nineteen. Or yeah, something. I think he
1: was 18, 19. Right. He was living with his grandmother, and yeah. I think he was in like Botany or somewhere. I like yeah. drove out there and met him and. Yeah, like he's lived a pretty sheltered life in that regard. I I feel like he has sort of spoiled Mukopuna syndrome a little bit, you know, like when you've been completely indulged and Mm. convinced that you are, you know, super, super special. And that's probably what allows you to fully believe the stuff that you're saying. Sorry, a oh. little bit of
0: no, that's good. good, little, good, bit good, good, good a little bit of psych- psychotherapy. Sorry about all that. Sorted out. <clears throat> I <The>, apologise. My, <laughs> I guess well, before we move on from this, just quickly. I mean, the question is, what is the impact? Because it was interesting. Um, we're talking now on Thursday morning. On Monday morning, the story came up with the, four, the, the tape, um, uh, and that was fed to News Hub, who and it was thrown at, sort of just derailed all of Simon Bridges' Monday morning interviews as regular round. Yeah, but then it was gone. It was, the the story hasn't really, and there are, there are all these, so there are all these kind of. Uh, there's a bit of a pinata effect originally from that original press conference, mm-hmm. and then the recordings we had the issues about um, ethnic minority representation with the National Party, we had the issues around political donations, we also had the harassment, we had the mental health. But I part of me still feels as though, in a way, the story because it's not tethered to any visible faction within the caucus. There's no sense that there is any kind of fermenting uprising as it stands within the caucus that it's a sort of a flash flood. Like, it sort of felt originally like this was kind of unsustainable, but is it possible, is it possible, I'm interested to hear from you both, that Simon Bridges can ride it out? That it's a flash flood, and it's passed, and Jamie Lee Ross is such an aberration, and such a, I mean, Rogue doesn't begin to cover it, that That, uh, you know, no matter how much... I mean, Nikki Hager argues that there's a connection to Judith Collins, but it just doesn't seem as though there is any element within caucus. And so maybe it it doesn't.
1: Can I just say before we get into that, that I feel completely aroha for any woman who was harassed by Jamie, and I wish them all the best and and, and, um, feel that they've been really badly let down and um, that if Jamie Lee is genuinely suffering a mental health crisis that I feel aroha for him too and I really hope that he gets the help and the support he needs however if mental health has been manipulated in this situation or inauthentically cited as a reason for this behaviour that would be the most loathsome thing to have ever happened in New Zealand politics so I really hope that um, you know, what's been said about his mental health is genuine, and I wish him a speedy recovery. I do not think Simon Bridges can survive this. I think that the National Party are going to hold tight for a certain amount of time because I think, you know, if they go after him now, the, it, it, it will, you know, it, it means that, that they will lose um, um, the next election, no doubt. Uh, they will look unstable and all of that sort of stuff so I think that they're they're you know they're trying their best to give a veneer of um, of uh, solidarity and kotahitanga and all of that stuff and I think initially that was probably very authentic but I have not a single doubt in my mind that the knives will be are, are being sharpened as we speak and that it is only a matter of time until he goes down and Who knows how many tapes that, um, you know, Ross plans on leaking, but, you know, every time is a blow to his credibility and Paula Bennett's credibility, and it's just going to become a weeping sore on the side of the National Party. And Labour has to do nothing. They, They don't have to do a single thing. They just let it all play out. They don't have to speak a word about it, and they're busy, you know, killing killing themselves off Labour has to do nothing. It's like the best thing that could have ever happened for Labour and, and um, New Zealand first. So I have no doubt that um, it might not be in the near future, but it will be coming, I believe.
2: Ben? Yeah, I think Annabelle's right. Like, <coughs> National can't... It would be unthinkable to depose Simon Bridges right now. Absolutely. Because then you're just giving a carte blanche veto to any embittered... Uh, backbench mp who has access to a recording device on their iphone to release what are increasingly looking like you know secret tapes of people's coffee orders or you know standing just standing in a cube bitching at new zealand post or something like they are about that much consequence in moment i think but people get excited because a lot of the time people can't distinguish between a secret recording of a conversation and a recording of a secret conversation um, so, I mean, I, I think how difficult this is for bridges to ride out will depend on the media and its appetite to keep running what I think in a lot of cases are either non stories or victimisation attempts, uh, you know, in the case of Radio New Zealand running that text. Um,
1: so Can I say on behalf of the media, we'll run everything. <laughs> yeah. Like It's a, it's the gift that keeps on giving. No journalist is going to turn down like a juicy conversation or the opportunity to like embarrass a politician live on air. So I think if there's more stuff, the media will run it. So if
0: Cameron it. Slater came to you with a tape...
1: Well, not not me, because I work on the Hui and we're classy, and we do highbrow, <laughs> important current affairs about you know the most vulnerable oh, sorry, New was, Zealanders was fu- on, in fu- the foolish, country. Foolish <laughs> of me to put that to you. Sorry, go yeah. uh,
0: Good. The meanwhile, um, Jacinda Ardern is still the Prime Minister of New Zealand, and had uh, the as had her first Labour conference as leader of that particular party, which seems kind of amazing, and the we go through lines or ar- queues
2: day. around the corner
0: all the way to the octagon all two, the way to the octagon ben
2: 200 meters out the door nothing like that under obama
0: <laughs> true um did you pay any attention to the labor conference in dunedin annabelle lee
1: we interviewed um jacinda on did you? I mean, I saturday
0: yeah
1: such a stink friend toby um no, but other than that, to be honest, no, I didn't. Ben, sorry.
2: I I sort of registered that it was happening. There was an announcement about uh, more care, for, more support for special needs students. Yes, that went down well. Yeah, um,
0: bunch of new 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 staff. Yeah, Which that's promising. A, a, a a,
2: idea. A sort of a kind of a kind of bridging halfway announcement for all the other issues that they've got to grapple with in the primary sector, but. Um, popular amongst the commentariat. So, it was, you know, a good announcement when you don't... Primary listen.
0: primary teacher strike on Monday. If anyone's got any... Can help out with childcare issues, that'd be appreciated. Just <laughs> a general call out. Hey,
1: speaking of teachers, I just spent um, the last couple of days in Whanganui um, shooting a talk that um, Mike King um, did down there at a local high school. Mm-hmm. Anyone who complains about teachers going on strike... You guys are like total assholes because teachers are not teachers anymore. Teachers are teachers and oranga tamariki workers and confidants and counsellors and bloody nurses and doctors. The stuff that they have to do to support our kids... Is unbelievable, and if you think that they just knock off at three and go home and mooch around on holidays, that's you're you're deluded, and you should probably go and visit your local school and see the sort of stuff that these guys are dealing with and the challenges that our kids face. And if you're mean spirited enough to to um, resent them going on strike to get decent pay, then you shouldn't listen to this podcast anymore. Cause you're banned, deck, people, you're banned. You're a You've a just dick. been banned. Yeah. You've been
0: banned from listening to this podcast, but people don't res- about, resent
2: like, teachers. They just
0: resent having to look after their children. They have to they <laughs> resent, resent after their children. Their own yeah. <laughs> they resent their children. Well the thing that bothers ridiculously, people who don't have children at school won't know this. They shut them down for like whole periods of weeks. Like three or four times a year. They just shut the schools. Two weeks off. And then over Christmas they shut them down for like six weeks. It's
1: bizarre. It's
0: very strange. Pricey. Need to fix that. That got my vote. <clears throat> the otherwise, though, it was kind of a happy conference for Jacinda Ardern. Everyone seemed very Yeah, happy. Everyone. She did a speech which was quite high concept. Just read out a whole lot of letters. Happy. Everyone was happy. It was fine. But they're not altogether plain sailing. Well, there's been a for poll example, since we last met a poll a poll the government's oh, a the government, poll. the one government the is, five a year we get as yeah, a tv one
2: TV, TVNZ. yeah the government's 12 points clear of national so i mean the la- you know the, the poll was taken during the week of jamie lee's press conference so it was probably wasn't ideal timing for the poor opposition <laughs> but um i mean 12 well, points but is but national party if,
0: had dropped 2 points i mean the national party had dropped 2 points yeah so but, the, not exactly but but the Sherlock key King, was well
2: yeah although <laughs> labor were ahead of national and both of the support parties or the, the coalition partner, New Zealand First and the support party, the Greens, both above 5%. So, I mean, that's a very strong position for the government to mm. be in.
0: And then we, we've done this bit about some bridges already, but it was interesting to me that in the immediate round of interviews subsequent, he kept saying, oh, we'll be up, we'll be up, we'll get, we'll be back, we'll be back in the next one, we'll be back in front in the next poll. Seemed like, talk about, you know, um, what do you call it, carving out a rod for your own back. It's just—it's just another one of those white lies, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the,
2: you know, when, when, you're when you're an opposition, leader, talking about a poll that, <laughs> LTM, talking about a poll that hasn't gone well for you. you know, there are these sort of rehearsed lines of, all the, "What did Labour no, say?" Goff you don't say. Goff, I mean, Goff, Goff and Andrew Little used to always say, "Oh, that's not what we're hearing on the streets." You know that's not what I'm hearing when I talk to people. I'm not one of the one I of mean they they weren't talking to pollsters obviously they're just <laughs> kind of talking to random people. And it and I mean it is it's a diabolical position to be in when you you know when somebody confronts you as as opposition leader and a on a bad poll, you know, like w- what can you say? You just go, "Well, we're confident that you know."
0: Oh, well, we've heard other things. You know, it's. Every, I think everyone knows what's going. Critically on. Critically, Bridges yeah. Bridges was on, I think, seven percent as preferred prime minister. Was it, it was not a very many. It was not very many at all, and um, Judith Collins was uh, nipping at his heels. Um, people
1: love people who troll people on Twitter. Apparently, wow,
0: that's good. That's 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 music. People love people who troll people on Twitter. Mm. Speaking of people who enjoy our podcast, <laughs> Ian Lees Galloway, one of the big fans of Gone By Lunchtime.
1: Is he uh, a fan, Tobe? He, oh, he's a big fan. Really? Uh, apparently. Hi. Hi. Thanks um, for listening.
0: And as a big fan, we pretty I think we've pretty much agreed that he's done he's got no problems. He should be immediately promoted. Yeah, he's all good. Um, right? And just leave him alone, you know? Yeah. Back right. off. Um I mean look, it's a difficult
2: position. So he he granted residency, permanent residency to the the <laughs> career, car- the career criminal, kickboxer, <laughs> <Kickboxing>. gangster, <laughs> drug dealer <laughs> <laughs> <for> identity theft <laughs>
0: like chick. Yep, yep. Seems like a good guy.
2: <laughs> who apparently um, who appa- I think he had to be granted permanent residency so that he could finish his prison term. Is that right? <laughs> or, like, well, I, think I feel you like normally- he'd be
1: really good at teaching like, self-defense classes or something. Like, there's a place for him.
2: And, and it's difficult because when you're the immigration minister, you get these files. They've got lots of private and sensitive information. Because you're often subject to appeals and judicial reviews on your decisions, you don't go into any detail when you say why you've made a particular decision. That's just the convention, because you want to narrow the sort of range of targets for somebody to appeal. You know, you you say, it's never done as a a kind of exact calculation. It's sort of, you know, you say, I've considered all these, I've considered these factors and then I came to this decision. But you don't sort of say, I I gave this 10%, I gave this 15%, whatever. Hmm. And... So on that basis, when this seemingly odd decision came up, Ian Lees-Galloway said, well, I can't go into detail, but I stand by my decision. The Prime Minister urged the press gallery to read between the lines because there was a suggestion in a court case, into one of this guy's in this guy's lengthy history of written judgments <laughs> involving oh, him in the file. New Zealand
0: court system,
2: <laughs> one of the judges' remarks was that there was sort of this idea, there, there was this suggestion that he was in some kind of danger from supposedly corrupt authorities. You know, that was sort of unstated if he went back to the Czech Republic. He find
0: himself in a in a broad canal. Really, yeah, kind of
2: that's right. And so, and but but then it's then it turned out he's actually been back a couple of times. That was noted in another court judgment, <laughs> and, which didn't come to the attention of the immigration officials who supplied Lee's Galloway with which were obtained
0: reasonably straightforwardly by members of the media.
2: It definitely looks like a big screw up from the officials mm. who gave him the file if they didn't include that information. I mean, there's no question. This is not a resignation offence.
0: Well, we don't know the full circumstances yet, do we? So it's difficult to kind of um, judge fully. But, I mean, it depends where you put the onus. Should
1: It's a big fat cock up, be? but I don't think it, he he <laughs> should necessarily have to resign over it. I think it, it's it seems pretty clear that he's been badly let down by his officials should
0: it be written into the act that the immigration minister upon using his or her discretion should consider all the paperwork provided by officials and run a quick google search
1: (laughs) 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 that is a great idea toby
2: Look, the, the minister doesn't have time. Maybe his staff. His staff could do a Google. I don't know. I mean, look, I, I, I no harm seems to have actually been caused as a result of this yet. He's um, currently in jail, isn't he's he? He's currently yeah, in jail. Yeah. Think, it's all good. Yeah, so we've got some breathing room. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. but, um, it, it, it's a mess up. But, it, yeah, I, I can't see this call. For, you know, in the old days, of course, there used to be this very high threshold or this very low threshold for ministerial resignations. You sort of you took responsibility. In a kind of very broad sense, for everything that happened in your portfolio, mm. if there's a big, depo- if there's a departmental mess up like this, you'd tend to your resignation. That hasn't really been the case in New Zealand for about twenty five
0: years, I would say. Mm. You see, um, used to be a core principle of Westminster governments: ministerial responsibility.
2: Yeah, I mean, right now, of course, these days the the biggest sin you can commit.
0: Uh, as a minister, is making the
2: prime minister look like an ass, mm. um, and Lee Galloway's uh, error on be- behalf of his officials kind of skirted close to that because the prime minister really kind of went into bat for the decision and mm. said she had been assured it was all above board.
0: Yeah, um, at her, and press now conference. she's using a form of words which is that she has res- she has confidence in the officials, but not confidence in the advice. <laughs> which is a bit like, you're not a racist, you just said some racist things. Mm. I'm not alleging that the um, yeah. um, um, ministry officials are in any way racist. But look, be totally G- clear on that point.
2: Galloway's performing reasonably well in hard, porf- you know, quite key portfolios for Labour. Um, you know, the employment uh, mm. workplace relations, health mm. and safety. But there, there's, there's no real,
0: you know, he's fine. He did hide find a pillow, which is always funny. Um <laughs> Another minister facing some pressure is with a very busy portfolio or collection of portfolios is Philip Stoner Twyford. Um, the Kiwi Build kind of unveiling a couple of weeks back in, where was it? It was in Papakura. Papakura. Um, in Judith Collins Country um, involved uh, some rather kind of cheerful middle-class couple who then had their – um, social media accounts scoured by um, people who spend too much time on Twitter, including Judith Collins <laughs> <laughs> and yada yada yada. I mean, the, the the Kiwi Build program is a really big deal for this government, and they've been trying to front foot it and get things underway, but <sighs> does it feel, feel really?
1: I feel really bad for that couple because you know they've just gone and applied according to the rules and mm. and um, and found themselves at the centre of all these headlines. Um, um, Brian Bernie Smith came and did the um, Bruce Jesson Memorial Lecture the other week, and he's pretty scathing about Kiwi. The one, build. The one Ben went to, <clears throat> the one my beautiful friend Ben yeah. went to, um, he was pretty scathing about. Um, Kiwi build and um, th- the fact that you know our homeless, our, our rates of homelessness are at an all time high, and we're yeah. building kind of crappy houses for middle class whanau when um, when so many are, are struggling to find um, you know rental properties. And his you know his thing is that if um, if Kiwi build was all um, Rental, you know, rental accommodation, um, then that would take the heat out of the housing market anyway, and therefore make it easier for those, you know, Kiwi build families to be able to buy their own home. And I have to say, I agree. And and then to find out that the government has now. Um, back down on being able to sell the house I think originally they um, whoever bought it weren't allowed to buy it, uh, sell it for five years is that right Ben and they've now quietly
2: if, if, if they had to get, the they had to get promising. permission from the government so if they if they you know had a change of circumstances mm. where they needed to move cities for their jobs or whatever they would probably get a dispensation otherwise if they did it without that permission they would have to surrender a hundred percent of the capital gain over their purchase price to the government. Now the now the government has changed that to a thirty percent penalty. And the thing is these houses were sold, you know, at about a I think the four bedroom houses were sold at about a seventy thousand dollar discount to the market. Mm. And that means that immediately, you know, the the couple that we don't want to talk about because they've been through enough, they could sell their house and just pocket fifty grand now now that doesn't seem to me to be what the purpose of Kiwi build was mm-hmm. to let everyone in on the Kiwi dream of being a property flipping speculator um, the I, I mean there's been a fundamental sort of communication error the, the point of Kiwi build was that you build a hundred thousand new homes and that helps the supply and that and and the fact that there are more homes on the market drives down prices and that's the sort of fundamental aim of Kiwi build now, the They've added in this thing, this, this, this part where, you know, it's affordable housing. So it's sold at a discount to market. But um, it's not
1: really affordable.
2: But, yeah. Well, it's, it's still not really affordable except <laughs> for people who can service $500,000 mortgages, yeah. um, who can pay, you know, s- s- what, $700 a week in mortgage repayments on, in the low interest rates we have now. Um, and 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 it does it is hard to avoid the conclusion that there is that the government is just is making hay on this idea that there is just a lottery where you can make a seventy thousand dollar capital gain by entering
0: a ballot. Are they making hay on that? I don't know i mean the 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 argument is that you need to increase the amount of stock in the market right and then the following follow-up mm. question to that as well the criticism that's being laid at the door routinely by Judith Collins and Co particularly is but these are houses that have been bought off developers. And you need to build a house from the ground up on new plans, and we haven't seen any of those yet, have we? I,
2: I mean, it is uh, yeah, look, I mean, some of these were houses, developments that are already in train and a lot of them are are off the plan purchases. That's not trivial. Like if they if they buy a whole bunch of if they if they buy a whole bunch of plan departments in a development that might give the the developer the security and the capital, they need to get it done on time mm-hmm. to bring it to market mm-hmm. earlier. So th- th- that's not nothing. Um, but, you know, I mean, the real issue with KiwiBuild in the next, you know, five years or whatever is the other capacity constraints, which is, you know, Resource Management Act, the lack of construction workers, the lack of tradies. You know, if, if, if somehow Phil Twyford can find a whole bunch of tradies who aren't booked up for the next year, you know, which no one else in New Zealand can <laughs> to put in taps and you know plugs and things into Kiwi build homes. Then you know he has he has um, you know he has to a large extent you know facilitated solving the housing crisis.
1: And so the the thing too, so Ben, that it's gone from five years down to three, right? Being able to flip the house.
0: There was news hub story, yeah. Night. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I think you know, Labor has to be careful about. Um, there not being a growing perception that they chicken out on stuff. And, um, you know, capital gains tax, there was the captain's call, we were going to have capital gains tax, then they climbed down on that one. You know, all the way back in, uh, 1999, there was the big, um, we're going to close the gaps. Then they decided that they didn't like race based funding after all. So I think they need to be careful that this perception doesn't develop among their supporters that they, um, that they will back down on those important policies yeah. when, when pressure comes to yeah. bear. And there's already a perception, certainly amongst Māori, that the only thing, the only type of accommodation Labour likes building for poor people are jails a la Ngaha Prison last time. So, um, yeah, I think they need to tread carefully when it comes to KiwiBuild that it's not seen as um, as not delivering to the people who need it the most.
0: It's such a big portfolio that Twyford has. He also has Transport. But in terms of the KiwiBuild programming, the way, the way I, I keep... Phil Twyford with KiwiBuild, Shane Jones with the Regional Growth Fund, Big, 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 big amounts of money, huge amounts of public money, so much every project, so many different parts of it so much we talk about ministerial responsibility and it still exists in some sense. you know things can happen that are outside necessarily the immediate span of view of the minister. I just feel like those are and they're both they're both very confident. Um, very confident ministers, good self-image, <laughs> uh, <laughs> both of them. not constantly doubting their own um, ability. I wouldn't say, and I feel like that those two bulldozers, one of them is going to kind of, one of them is going to come a cropper, is my crazy prediction at some point in the next mm. couple of years. I, I don't like it, know what it is.
1: interesting.
0: Um, um, but let's talk about another couple of before we go. Briefly, just touch on um, a couple of people who make um, Twyford. And Shane Jones seem like mild-mannered, modest um, <coughs> exercises in humility. And that is, of course, Jerry Brownlee and Trevor Mallard. A little story that um, David Seymour drove through. But they went to Tokyo for 48 hours to go and watch the rugby and do sports diplomacy or some, uh, what's the word, bullshit like that. And, I mean, I just thought they're just taking the piss, right? So Waldorf and Statler of the New Zealand Parliament <laughs> who have – Nice. Been it's like a little it's obviously like, it reads to me like a kind of make up and someone signed it off who was like oh they're not getting on you know let's go and patch over why don't you boys go and drink some fucking beer in Tokyo and watch a rugby game patch it up I mean together I look together they've been in Parliament more than fifty years and they're just taking the piss yeah. you know
1: you know like, what's really taking the piss though is that David Seymour is leading the charge on this. I'm way more incensed that he spent however many weeks it was pissing around on Dancing with the Stars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, well, the only solution to this is for Jerry Brownlee in, and Trevor Mallard to appear on Dancing with the Stars by way of penance.
2: To, to, to raise to raise the money to repay their trip 20 cents from texts at a time.
1: I really don't think it's that big a deal, to be honest. And I think no, the fact sick. that Seymour is the one sick. fronting it just makes me want to vomit in my mouth, given that he was on full pay during Dancing with the Stars. Like, you are such a big, fat hypocrite. Are you for real?
2: There's there's a little bit of this, Go like in crump history.
1: somewhere else. crump <laughs> in your Crump in your own time. I would like Twish. you to pay back... Crump, whatever. What's crumping? Dab. Do you know Dabbing. what a dab is? Oh, yes. What's the side hips one that my, oh, that my like kids that? do? That one. That one. Is
0: there the fortnight dance as well? Is
1: that uh, f- that's what of yeah, – Yeah, it's a fortnight dance. Yeah. I yeah. think there's a special name for it though. Yeah. Anywho, the other thing too is just in terms of Jerry travel. Brownlee. Can we get rid of that like free travel for the old coats of parliament yep, that we'll are retired? That. We can do that. And they still get to like fly around the world for cheap and get a certain amount of domestic flights. Like, really get lost. To, no, to, enough.
2: Two things, because I, I believe in a representative democracy, which has um, a parliament with you know younger people in it. And not just sort of the accumulated dead wood Like a sort of dead burnt out Cody forest or something You know a petrified <laughs> forest of MPs
1: Cody dieback back of and <laughs> Parliament
2: yeah. and, I, and so I, th- I think Spray for that reason of your shoes Before you approach <laughs> these markets, I, I think you should probably Incentivise MPs to become Ex-MPs as much as possible So mm-hmm. I think I, that's why I support keeping the Travel perks for ex-MPs That
1: doesn't encourage them to leave Why of, would of you leave to have then, six free flights when you can have Free flights, like all year round, as many as you want, because you're an MP. Jerry
2: Brownley and Trevor Mallard would have to then pay for their own flights to Japan to watch the Rugger if they left. They can take
1: David Seymour with them, too, (laughs) by the way.
2: But the the other thing is when I, you know, the the New Zealand uh, cabinet and the Australian cabinet in in the past, they've had these they used to have these joint cabinet meetings where the sort of top dogs from New Zealand would fly over to Australia and have a meeting to discuss kind of issues in common and a real sort of meeting of the minds and you know the 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 power elite to plot the course of the two countries, and they would always happen on Bledisloe Cup weekends. <laughs> 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 so there's nothing really new <laughs> in, in any of this, but but this does seem to be a pretty extreme example, particularly, as you note, Brownlee and Mallard right now basically hate each other <laughs> and have been at loggerheads and basically hammer and tongs for the past year as shadow leader of the House and the Speaker. Um, and the idea that they had a sort of boys' weekend in... Um, Tokyo is, yeah, I, th- I
0: think taking the pass. Yeah, it is taking. We're agreed. Happy to patch up with my many enemies uh, if someone will pick up the business class for return flights to Tokyo. <laughs> um, that's time for us. This has been gone by lunchtime. Thank you very much, Tina, for um, controlling all the important technology. And to Flick, our sponsor of the politics um, section on the spinoff, uh, and dear friends of the spinoff, and you should have a look at any page in the politics Section, click through and have a look at the um, deal they can do for you. Thanks a lot, Annabelle. You're it's lovely Perfect. to see you. Thank you Thanks, it's Ben. It's been lovely to see you. you. Could have seen me at the Bruce Jessen lecture, but it's fine. You're busy. Kia ora. Kia ora e tewi. Te here, podcast manager at the spin off.